You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. This morning, we've been studying the temperaments throughout this time, and I do want to give a review because we've, uh, you know, we, and again, I, I said the whole reason we started this, I did this series years ago. Uh, it was a popular series uh, in Sunday school, um, and I was, it's, it's one of those series that I, that I like, that I think is good to revisit every once in a while, but the, one of my main reasons for wanting to revisit the series was that we had so many new people that had never heard anything about these things. And I just thought it would be beneficial. Of course, then COVID hit, uh, and we picked this up. Uh, I can't remember if we started, maybe we started right when COVID. Uh, no, we started before COVID, before we even started having services again. I was doing online Sunday school teaching these series, uh, or with the start of this series. And I'm saying all that to say that I, I was, I'm not teaching this because I ran out of things to teach, because that's impossible. Uh, but I'm teaching it because I do believe it's beneficial to, uh, you know, from, from us as individuals, to our families, uh, relationships outside of that, our church. It's good to be able to, to identify some of these things. And, of course, I've entitled the series, Why You Are the Way You Are, uh, or Why Am I the Way That I Am, because I feel like uh, there's times that we can kind of say that maybe in frustration, or uh, talking about 23 years of marriage, I'm sure if Melanie hasn't said it, she's thought more than once, why are you the way that you are, Jesse? <laughs> um, and so it's, it's kind of helpful to understand some things about this. And again, this isn't just me bringing out the old outline and going over it again. I've dug, it's kind of a 2.0. I've dug deeper uh, into this uh, this time around as well. But just a, a quick, quick review. The idea is, is the, the, the study and the, the weird terminology, that's one of the first things that strikes people like, you know, choleric. Uh, sanguine. Even though these are words, if you if you read, you'll find these words in literature and in some even in some pop culture. Sometimes cleric, sanguine, uh, melancholy is a, one of the more common ones. Phlegmatic is one that you don't uh, find very often. But these three originate all the way back with uh, Hippocrates. Back he was a contemporary of Malachi, uh, Malachi the prophet. Just to show you how far. But he was a uh, he was in Greece, and but he noticed that there was different ways people behaved. And he basically theorized that the reason people behave this way, and by the way, Hippocrates is known as uh, the father of medicine, but he theorized that people were the way they are because of uh, fluids in their system. And that's kind of where actually some of the names come from. He thought that uh, phlegmatic, for instance, uh, that sounds a little bit like phlegm, doesn't it? Uh, cool. Slow moving. Okay, somebody's getting grossed out. Anyway, uh, I walked in. No, I'm, I'm not going to say that. Anyway, uh, but uh, phlegmatic. So he just thought that people that, that, that are kind of cool, calm, slower, don't get in a rush, stubborn, whatever. He just theorized that I think they have more phlegm in their system than the average person. That's why they're that way. Uh, and then, you know, with melancholy, he thought they had a dark bile. He thought they had a darkness in their system, and that's why they could sometimes lean more toward, uh, and, you know, again, on the positive side, there's attention to detail, but sometimes what happens with that attention to detail, you can see the negative, both in yourself and in others, and it can be a, a real battle. Uh, melancholy, we use that word today almost exclusively for somebody that's, uh, you know, on the verge of depression or feeling, struggling with depression. But that's not, that's not the true meaning of the word, but, uh, but that's what he thought. So, and the others, you can, we could go on, but that, that's the point. Now, um, obviously, 
uh, that's not why we are the way we are, okay? To answer that question, it's not because of the fluids in our system, but we are the way we are because our Creator made us this way. And here's one of the things I want to encourage you. We, we, did this, this, uh, we did a lesson early on in this series, and we showed how Jesus demonstrated each temperament. And that's an encouragement because especially, and again, I go uh, back to melancholy because if there's any temperament that can, every temperament can maybe get aggravated with themselves, but uh, so many people that I've known that are melancholy, that's the light, they just hate the fact that they're melancholy. Uh, they hate the fact that that's the temperament that God gave them, that they were born with. But then when you realize that Jesus also demonstrated the positive attributes, not the negative of melancholy, and you see the great things that God has done, it can help uh, to, to, to realize that God can use and will use how he made you. And really, it goes to so many of the things that we talk about. It goes to the fact that God has made us different. He's made us each unique, and every one of us have different strengths, different weaknesses, but he uses our strengths together. Uh, you, know, we get, you know, it doesn't always work this way, but I married a woman who compliments my weak, that helps me in my weaknesses, uh, and if she had weaknesses, I believe my temperament could help in hers. We just kind of balance each other out. Just see what I did there. Slid that in there, but... Uh, um, believe me, it had no effect on her whatsoever because <laughs> she's melancholy <laughs> and she doesn't believe a word of her. She's got that side that she's got that side of her temperament. But anyway, but it's interesting how God puts people in your life, and so together uh, we don't always understand each other, uh, but it works. Amen. It works together, and and I I am a lot. I don't know how much I've been a blessing to her in this way, but I am so much better as a person, as a preacher, just right on down the line uh, because of her uh, influence uh, that God's put in my life. And so, uh, so anyway, we have these different temperaments. Uh, and again, one of the things about it that I want to, that I want to emphasize again, uh, I, I want to use the word hardwired here for a moment, just to say that we were born with these certain temperaments. That's what I mean by hardwired, uh, because somebody says, you know, like there's been times in my life, maybe each of us have had times in our, in our lives where we just say, you know what, I just want to be a different way. Uh, you know, maybe somebody that you admire, look up to, you just, man, I want to be like that person. I want, I want to have that temperament. Uh, but you, you can't change it. Uh, I mean, God has given you that. So you can't change the type of temperament you are. But here's one of the big, big things that that's one. And by the way, one of the blessings about these series, because I love uh, good sound psychology. I love thinking about, you know, why people think like they think, do what they do. And I mean, I, I really enjoy it. I like all the different personality studies. Uh, but, the, but the one thing that's really beneficial about using this study is so many of the other studies will basically just diagnose, you know, what your temperament is or what your personality is. And, you know, and uh, it'll just basically say, yep, this is how you are. And you're just like, man, that is how I am. Well, this does that, but it doesn't just leave it there. It says, okay, here's how you are now. Here's how you can... Uh, let God use the positive. Here's how you can strengthen your weaknesses. Here's how you can overcome. Here's how you can, in other words, one of the great things about this study is it doesn't give excuses. You know, so but don't, none of us in here need, need to use our temperament as an excuse. To God, to our loved ones, to ourselves, we don't need to say, oh, you know, for me, you know, one of my, uh, my, my predominant uh, temperaments sanguine, but I uh, think about Phlegmatic. We cannot just say, well, you know, I'm just phlegmatic, so I don't really care, and I, I have a tendency toward laziness. What can I do about it? Nothing. 
Uh, you know, no, that's not true. Uh, we don't use it as an excuse. So the purpose of this study is not to excuse any of the negative behavior, but what it is is to help point it out and show how through the power of the Holy Spirit of God and through the Word of God uh, that, we can, that God can use our temperaments for His glory and honor. Every Bible character has, has these temperaments, and God has used every one of these temperaments in a great, great way. Now, more recently, we've started talking about the temperament blends. There's four major temperaments, but the truth of the matter is, though some are very high percentage one temperament, uh, you still have other temperament qualities. And, and arguably, you know, arguably, everyone has, probably everyone has a, some percentage of all four of the temperaments, but uh, some of them are not noticeable all. There's usually two major ones. As we've gone through the study looking at the blends of temperament, um, we're looking at a 60-40 blend. Again, that's not perfect. This, so you you'll, you'll be able to identify with some of the things we go and then some things not so much, but we're just doing that because you can't go all over the scale. So we're just basically looking at 12 different blends as we look at, or 16 blends, four times four, but it's three times four, 12. But I believe it's 12, yeah, 12 blends um, as we go through. We looked already at the, choleric, the sanguine blends. We looked at the choleric blends. Uh, and so we're gonna, well, we started looking at the choleric uh, blends, so we'll finish that today. And the Lord willing, start looking at the melancholy blends. But I, got, I gotta just thank the Lord for something here today. I had something happen uh, to me, well, it was just this, this past week on Monday. I had my yearly review. Now, if you remember, I am a sanguine phlegmatic. And um, what's one of the things that we know about a sanguine? Well, some of the things we know just for instance about a sanguine. And for some of you, yes, okay, I'm making it about me again. But I'm just trying to testify as an example. I know me, so I can use me as an example. But uh, so what, what's some of the things we know about a sanguine? Optimistic, okay. So somebody said likes to talk, okay. And that goes back to my review because do you remember what I said on every one of the reviews I've ever had? Uh, I mean, at, at Polaris over like I think eight years. We have two a year. Good guy, nice guy. Uh, sanguine phlegmatic, he's the nice guy. He's the, he's the fun guy. He's the pleasant guy. He's the guy that people like to be around, and that's the thing. See, uh, my thing is he shows, up, he shows up with a good attitude every day. He shows up uh, with a willingness. He's willing to learn. People love working with him. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, and whatever. He, he's, he's a good team player. You know, that's that phlegmatic side, man. I, I'm trying to get along. I want unity and everything. Um, and so, uh, so, so these, all these positives. Now, by God's grace, one of the things that I got off of the reviews was, uh, Jesse, you're really pushing it on your tardies. I got that off. Okay, that doesn't happen anymore. But uh, that, that used to be a normal thing. But by God's grace, I overcame that because that's also a quality. That would be a quality of mine. Uh, but then the one that every review has had uh, is talks too much. But, and it, but they say it nice because I'm a nice guy, so they don't want to be too rough on it. So uh, Jesse needs to focus more on work, spends too much time catching up. Uh, Jesse uh, is a good team player, but uh, he needs to spend more time uh, working and less time visiting. Uh, you know, just different. And so every year or every twice a year, I'm just wondering, how are they going to rephrase it? You wouldn't believe it. So here, here it is. Hey, Jesse, come on to the office. It's time for your review. And I'm like, oh, man, here it goes. And it, I, I do. I dread it. I'm not proud of it. Uh, and so I go and sit in the office, and it's everything, 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 and gets down to that and just 
good attitude, shows up to work, good team player. Uh, Jesse's trained and all, can do, you know, cross train, can do all, you know, everything and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's it? So you know what I did? I had to go talk to everybody. Hey, would you believe this? This is my first review that, uh, that okay, so what's that got to do with uh, choleric, uh, choleric blends? Not a thing, amen. Besides, if you're a choleric blend, you probably hate me right now, and I'm testing your patience. But, uh, but all I'm trying to say is, the, the, the point is this, that God can help you to overcome. I can't just say, hey, well, it is what it is. Uh, you know, well, I do say that a lot, amen. But I can't just say that and just accept and say and just excuse um, talking too much, spending too much time catching up or visiting too often or whatever, however they decide to do it. Okay, so we look, begin looking at the choleric blends last week. Choleric, again, they're, they're notable talkers. What's, what's some of the things, again, about choleric that we notice? Yeah, they're, they're generally considered uh, natural-born leaders a lot of times. Um, what's some other things about choleric? <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, so, and that's a, Ralph said they don't care about your feelings. Now, that doesn't mean they don't care about you, okay? Melancholy and choleric are both more task-oriented rather than people-oriented. Uh, so for them, it's not that they don't love you. It's not that they don't care. It's not that they don't care about your feelings, but your feelings aren't as important as the fact. Your feelings aren't as important as the point. Uh, your feelings aren't as important as what's trying to be accomplished. You know, hurt your feelings. I'm sorry, it's the truth. You know, it's not my fault that you get, you know, so that's one of the things. But again, it's not, it's, it, it, and believe me, just like with all the temperaments, there's weakness. It can be brutal. It can be brutal, okay? Uh, but uh, but even, even on, the good, on the strong side, it's just that sometimes we need, we need the person on a work day at church, for instance, that, uh, when we really are trying to push a deadline that maybe just says, uh, hey guys, should we really be standing around talking right now? Uh, we only got this much time to get this done. Can we just get it done? Uh, it's good to have that guy around, uh, you know, and uh, because maybe sometimes that's what we need to do. Anyway, so what's another thing about choleric? They're being quiet this morning. I guess I'm doing all the talking, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, but, but, they, but they are leaders, they're, they're, they're driven, they, they, they also, a choleric also really likes to talk. Uh, a choleric can come off arrogant, a choleric can be arrogant, but even when, even when a choleric's not being arrogant, they can come off arrogant. Um, and so uh, they're, uh, yeah, so the so choleric, we looked at a, uh, we started by looking at the choleric sanguine, that's the double extrovert. Um, these are the people that will talk, dominate any and every conversation. Uh, and, you know, if, if you try to interrupt and chime in, they'll let you get in. But, uh, ha and some of you temperaments know what this is like because with my sanguine side, uh, ha have, you ever, have you ever been in a conversation where you're trying to compete almost? Uh, well, if you're like me, you probably have, you know, because, but if you're with a cleric sanguine, if you're, it's a cleric and a sanguine, they're almost competing. And they're the ones that are thinking, Okay, I think he's about done with his point. You know, and what else? Because you don't want to let anybody else get a chance to chime in, and you don't want him to start another sentence uh, or her to start another sentence. Um, so they're talkers. You know, sanguines are talkers, cholerics are talkers. So together, it's like double extrovert, double talker, um, very hard driven. And we looked at some of those things: uh, choleric, uh, sanguine. Uh, the it's 
the second strongest extrovert. The other one is the opposite of that sanguine choleric. But again, we studied that, so I'm not going to go over all that again. We went from choleric uh, sanguine to look at the choleric melancholy. We talked about that last week. Uh, I, I, you know, I've often heard choleric melancholy or melancholy choleric, whichever way you do the blend. People say that you're your own worst enemy when you're a cleric saying or cleric melancholy or vice versa. Sometimes I feel like we're all our own worst enemies in some sense. But the thing about cleric melancholy is that cleric, another thing about cleric, they want to get something done. They want to get it done now. The cleric side of you does not want to spend time talking. The cleric side does not want this to go to committee. The cleric side does not want to say, huh, well, what if we did it? No. No, what if we did it? We're doing it the way we're doing it. Melancholy chimes in. Yeah, but don't you think that if we re-examined it and re it? No. Now, is melancholy right that if you re-examined it, re-measured it, and so forth, that uh, it would ultimately turn out better? Yeah, probably. But it's got to get done right now. Uh, it's very driven. And it's, it's, it's hard for... Uh, that, that's one of the reasons why, by the way, Caleric can sometimes struggle with relationships because it's so much do, 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 you know, and it's, it's, again, I think one of the good love languages that go along with that is the acts of service, as we mentioned last week. But think about it, if you're, if you're a blend of a choleric melancholy, you're both those people. You want to get it done? It's got to get done right now. Oh, no, wait. We got to get this done right. And so now you're actually having that argument with yourself uh, and that battle with yourself. And uh, a cleric, you're confident, and you can get it done. And whatever you've done, it's going to be done uh, better than anybody else could do it. But then melancholy comes back and says, "I can't believe you rushed through this." And uh, you know, and, and so that's how cleric melancholies can be on themselves. And again, uh, cleric melancholy uh, toward other people sometimes. Clerics, uh, let's see, how does it go? Clerics are hard to please. Uh, they don't like to give me any compliments and everything. And melancholies, uh, there's, a, there's a better blend to this because melancholy, there's a side that's uh, that way as well. But again, we looked at that last week. So if you'd like to go over the choleric melancholy, uh, and I, I've mentioned before that God has really blessed me in my life. Uh, sometimes it's been a blessing. Sometimes it's felt like not as much. But my dad was, uh, I believe, choleric uh, melancholy. But no, it has been a blessing. It's made me a better person. Again, it's what I needed as a sanguine uh, phlegmatic. Uh, and, uh, but I've had so many uh, people like this, as well as these other ones in my life. But um, all right, so we did look at that la last week, so I'm not going to go too much into that one. But we're going to start or end uh, the choleric blends with the choleric phlegmatic, the choleric phlegmatic. Uh, this is the quietest of all the choleric blends, uh, the quietest. These people tend to be the firm but fair types. They are tough but fairly laid back. Being a blend of opposite temperaments means, in, in this case, that their temperament uh, meets in the middle somewhere. They tend to be very unemotional and be, and be at a loss when someone cries. I think both for choleric and phlegmatic, they, that, there can be things that but be at a loss when someone cries. Someone's showing uh, emotion. Uh, you know, 
You, are you ever uncomfortable around that? You don't know how to act when people are sh displaying their emotions. And what I mean by emotions is their, their tearful emotions or their heartfelt emotions. It's like an uncomfortable thing. Um, but again, that's, that could be the same with uh, other choleric blends as well. But with the choleric phlegmatic, um, they can often be very uh, stubborn, very stubborn. Because uh, phlegmatic, you know, cholerics, you, you, they, they show their stubbornness because they're extroverted. They're, they're out in your face that I'm right, you're wrong, I don't have to listen to you. Uh, you know, whatever. Um, and, and again, this may not even be based on fact, it's just they've decided that's the case. Uh, so, um, but phlegmatic is on the other side, again, extremely stubborn, but they'll smile about it. You know, uh, you try to push a phlegmatic, you know, oh, okay, gotcha. You know, uh, you know, I, I've shared with you before, and again, I, uh, I'm going to, but I think about being, you know, things like like at work and people, not 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 superiors, but people that are that are on my same pay grade, so to speak. You know, Jesse, you probably what you should do with this is this, that, and the other thing, and and man, I, it would be a lot better if you did it this way. Oh man, thanks a lot, appreciate that. Guess what I do? Do exactly what I was doing before. I don't care what they're saying. I'm not mad about it. That's cool. Uh, they'll say what you want to say, but a choleric, phlegmatic, you, you mix those two, and you can find somebody that's very stubborn. But this tends to show up in how they calmly carry on uh, as, they are uh, as they are rather than blow up when opposed, which a choleric can blow up when they're opposed. But even the choleric, phlegmatic, with choleric being predominant, that phlegmatic side can still help them to, uh, or keep them from blowing up, but they're not going to do anything different. Uh, although they may often feel angry, they may see losing their temper as weakness, Expre expressing themselves with a scowl or a sarcastic remark instead. And so uh, because of this, uh, choleric phlegmatics may... Uh, may come across as, or may not come across as choleric, yet they do have a natural dominant streak, which tends to emerge in everyday conversation or group activities. They can be a source of irritation for the fiery uh, choleric sanguine and possibly clash between their matching drive for dominance so, so both of them are trying for dominance, but one's being in your face about it, one's being calm and laid back about it. But uh, there's, a, there's a drive when the, the, when the choleric, choleric sanguine's excitability and the choleric phlegmatic's unaffected refusal to back down meet, there can be a lot of fireworks there uh, because there's just these two trains colliding that are neither one or budging. Uh, this is the most subdued of all the extrovertish temperaments. Um, it's a happy blend of the quick, active, and the hot with the calm. Uh, and again, that's the thing, again, about choleric. Choleric is active. It, it, they go uh, active, quick. But it's a, it's a blend of the quick, active, and hot with the calm, cool, and unexcited. Choler choleric phlegmatics are not as apt to rush into things as quickly as the extroverts that we previously discussed. They are more deliberate and subdued. Though they may not impress you that way at first, they are extremely capable in the long run. They are well-organized people who combine careful planning and hard work. People usually enjoy working with choleric phlegmatics. 
Uh, they know where they are going and have charted their course, usually in, in writing. They've written it down, yet they are not unduly severe with people. They have the ability to help others make the best use of their skills and rarely offend people or make themselves or make them feel used. Because again, choleric, a negative can be that they use people or are known to use people, but the phlegmatic side would balance that out. Uh, the choleric side would be more known to um, uh, be maybe severe, but the phlegmatic side, it's, and it's crazy because the phlegmatic side, one, one of the things about a phlegmatic is peacemaker. Phlegmatic is always the person that's going to be like, you know, trying to get two parties to agree, trying to find middle ground. Um, and so the, the, so the choleric is balanced out with that because a choleric, you know, there's only their ground generally. But a choleric phlegmatic uh, can come off differently. They often get more accomplished than any other temperament because they have no incl inclination to do it all themselves, which invariably think in terms of enlisting others to do their work. Uh, their motto, why do the work of 10 when you can get 10 to do the work? Again, that's, that doesn't sound like a, a choleric because, especially, and again, we're talking about cholerics, uh, choleric melancholy or vice versa. Nobody can do it as good as them and nobody can do it as right as them. Right, if you're a choleric, melancholy, melancholy, choleric. But a choleric is, you know, I can get it done, I'm going to do it. But if you put in that phlegmatic side, remember the phlegmatic, generally, they're trying to find the way to do as the least amount of work as possible. And, that, and that's not always in a negative sense. It can, it can literally be, uh, you know, when the, when, when, the, when the choleric sees a big pile of boxes or bricks or whatever up here, they're just, okay, you know, two hands and off they go and trip after trip. The, mel the choleric melancholy is going to look around and say, I've got to get that done. Is there something with wheels around here? Or is there some other people around? I'll enlist them and help them. We're going to get it done, but they, you know, I'm not going to do it all. I'm going to get it accomplished, but I'm going to use other people to do it. I'm going to enlist others to do it. I'm going to uh, delegate, and that's something uh, that can be a strength or considering how you look at it, a weakness uh, of a phlegmatic. Uh, again, this being an alternate, an, an opposite type of temperament blend, a lot of times cholerics, that's what they see when they see delegation. Uh, they, they, they see delegation as a weakness. Can you not do it yourself? Yeah, but why would I? I've got kids, right? <laughs> why would I? Uh, So-and-so's better at it. I'll just ask them. Uh, you know, uh, but anyway, that's, but the, but the cleric uh, phlegmatic uh, blends the two. Okay. Uh, and, uh, well, I heard this is, well, I, I, so the cleric phlegmatic, uh, or cleric phlegmatic men are usually good husbands and fathers as well as excellent administrators in almost any field. In spite of their obvious capabilities, cleric phlegmatics are not without a notable set of weaknesses. Although not as quick-tempered as some temperaments, they are known to harbor resentment and bitterness. And I've got to pause right there to say this is not the only temperament that can harbor uh, resentment and bitterness, but if you have a tendency to do that, remember that, okay, that's, you have a tendency to do that. That's a part of your makeup, but just don't excuse it. Uh, admit that it's wrong. Admit that, uh, you know, and again, the cleric side doesn't like to admit that very often, but, but but admit that uh, it's uh, that God does condemn it, and you can get help from it. Um, some of some of the cutting edge of the choleric sarcasm 
is here offset by the gracious spirit of the phlegmatic. Their barbs are tempered with cleverly disguised humor. Okay, so again, a cleric can be very sarcastic. They can be out, out and out in your face, but they can also be sarcastic with their humor. Uh, you'll, and, uh, but this it says specifically about cleric phlegmatics because since phlegmatics are passive and can therefore uh, make these type of comments, you never know quite sure whether they are kidding or ridiculing. We'll not go on all, all deep into this, but we actually spent a good bit of time last week talking about what the Bible says about you know, the madman, as a madman uh, in the book of Proverbs uh, comes at you casting firebrands at you and then says, am not I in sport? I'm not, I'm just kidding. You know, uh, just, just be on guard against that. Again, I'll just reiterate it one more time because am I the only one that can struggle with sarcasm that's trying to, that's, I'm not really just kidding? Am I the only one that struggles with that? No, uh, sarcasm is not, and I, again, there's some, it's almost like a lot of sarcasm. If there's not some truth to it, it's not funny. Uh, you know, and, and you are trying to poke. And, and I, you know, I like giving each other a hard time, don't you? Maybe you don't, depending on your temperament. Many of us temperance, we like giving each other a hard time. Or certain temperaments like giving other people a hard time. They don't like getting a hard time. They like giving other people a hard time. But the point is, is just make sure that you don't have this, this anger, this bitterness, this resentment in your heart. And that you're going to, that, that you know you're going to get them. You're going to zing them. You're, you're, you're trying to hurt them. You're, cast, you're a crazy man, a madman, as the Bible says in Proverbs. You're out of your mind, and you're casting firebrands, and then you're like, just kidding. I mean, they'll cut you. They'll, they'll insult you. You know, husband and wife, you know, you don't go there. You know, there's those certain, you know, don't, don't, that's not the button to push. Uh, but you push that button and say, boop, just kidding. Just kidding. Honey, you putting on weight? Just kidding, honey. You look great. Uh, you know, uh, and you know it, it, it's the kind, and the, you know the kind. Then you're just okay. I said I wouldn't spend much time with this, but uh, you say that, and it's just like, uh, well, aren't you laughing? Gosh, like, oh, really? Yeah, you just talked about my mama, and you know, put it in sarcasm, and I'm supposed to laugh, you know. But but just the thing is is if you're a sarcastic person, I, I believe in sarcasm. I really do. I, I, I think it's a gift. Uh, but you got to be careful with it. It can, it can be a tool. It can be a weapon. But just make sure that, that you don't turn your sarcasm into a weapon. Uh, the danger about being sarcastic is inevitably you're going to either cross the line or get too close to the line sometimes. Uh, and I've heard people just say that you shouldn't be sarcastic at all, and I just don't believe that. But, but the point of the matter is, is just be careful with your sarcasm. And again, check your motive. Check your motive. Um, make sure that you're not out to get somebody with it. Yes, sir. Okay, so tr trusting God, basically. Yeah, having, faith. having faith in God. Uh, how, how would you, uh, I mean, some of y'all chime in on that maybe? Mm 
that is the thing, and I know it sounds simplistic, but I believe that's a great answer, Melanie, like just acknowledging, admitting. Con okay, another word, confessing. Dear God, you know I'm strong-willed. You know, it's funny sometimes, but we, we don't pray right sometimes. We don't, you know, we, we think these things, we know these things, but we don't take the time to actually just say, Lord, I want to confess that I, in my pride, I think I can do this, but I want to confess to you right now and, and, and ask you, Lord, forgive me for that and help me to trust in you. And then, then there again, Scripture, because there's a lot of other Scripture you could use, Chad. Amen. Yep. Yeah. And sometimes I've known what I've had to say, but the next time my faith is tested, I become visual because I haven't, I haven't accepted, I have accepted God as doing it. I resolve to do it myself. Yeah. Then it's such an easy trap to fall into. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's great to bring up, and I love the way you phrased that because that would be. It, it would be a great emphasis that I've not emphasized, but even, I guess we, we covered in a sense, but just to even talk about the certain traps, the certain tricks, the certain places and things that can trip you up, and that's definitely one of them. But, you know, with, with every one of them, though, the principle is the same. You know, we're given specifics on the choleric. I can do it myself. Uh, I don't need anybody's help. And a choleric may not, a saved choleric may not actually look, look to God and say, God, I don't need your help, but that's like your attitude, even though you don't say it. Um, but, but the, whatever your temperament is, whatever your trap or struggle or temptation is, I believe it's all the same. Confessing it, being open to God, being in the Bible to where you can say, okay, God, here's the way I feel and think, but I know that's not right. The strong arm of flesh will fail. I can do all things only through Christ. Chad? Absolutely. Yes, yes, it is. It is because the God made you. I mean, He wants you to be a leader. He wants you to. He wants you to use that gift. He's not trying to suppress that fact that He's given you that drive and that confidence. But I think it's just if you every day, you know, if you want to say it this way, if you every day just remind yourself, okay, God, I'm going to go out and I'm going to take on the world today. With your help, you are the vine, uh, you are the vine, I'm the branch, Lord, and you've given me this, but, but I know I can only do it through you, Lord. Help me to, you know, and, and, and so I think it's an acknowledgement, because that is a great point. God has made you that way. He didn't make you a choleric so that you can be a phlegmatic. He made you a choleric to use the strengths of a choleric. Uh, but it's, I think it's just keeping it. That's a great, great point there as well. I mean, uh, Lord... Uh, you know, but just reminding ourselves on a daily basis, I'm dependent on you, and God, I need you to help me go accomplish this, and then go do it, use the gifts, and at the end of the day, you can say, glory to God, uh, the Lord helped me to do it, and not, you know, huh, nobody's as good as me, you know, uh, uh, but just glory to God, so, amen, those, those are excellent, excellent points, um, all right, I got two more paragraphs on 
the choleric blends. And if we have any more questions, we'll take time. Because again, I, uh, I want more than anything, man, I really, my heart, my, my heart with this is that I get help. I've been helped so tremendously from these. And it's still something that, I, uh, that I've got to be reminded of on a regular basis. But it is cool when you know your strengths and you know your weaknesses. Uh, but I just want to see, I, see, I want to see people get help. I really do. I want to see people overcome, be overcomers. And if there's anything to overcome, it's this old nature. And that's, we didn't get into those scriptures this morning, but it's that, it's that old man, you know, that Paul talked about in Romans 7 that just keeps rearing its ugly head. And um, it's, it's a little bit different for each of us. Um, but when you get down to it, it's still the old nature that's uh, still there that we need to learn to conquer. And that's, that's the point of this. It's just trying to give tools to help us, each of us individually, to find ways and, and, and tap into these verses uh, that are more, and it's interesting. I mean, each apply to all of us, but there can be some, you know, that could be more specific toward us. Um, I mean, and, and that's what I do. I just listen for these verses and I look for these verses and, you know, if, if you're a, a cleric or a sanguine uh, or a blend of the two, uh, the Bible says a fool is known by his much speaking. Uh, you know, it talks about be, be careful that, that in, in the multitude of words there wanteth not sin. So you don't always have to dominate the conversation. You don't always have to chime in. And it is, uh, it's a challenge. But I just even sitting here yesterday, we had a graduation uh, here at the church. And my neighbor and my friend and uh, my senator, if I called his name, state senator, y'all know him. He, he represents Woodbury. And uh, anyway, but he was here um, uh, yesterday. Um, as well, but I, we just headed off, sat down visiting with him, and anyway, uh, but so he and I are just, you know, going back and forth, and then there's a couple people trying to get in, and then the, he started having a conversation, he's known my neighbor Victor for a long time, so they started having a conversation, and I was so tempted to jump in that conversation, because that's just my tendency, but then I was reminded, you know what, these, let these guys catch up, you don't always have to be talking. Uh, let them let them talk a little bit. Let them catch up a little bit. Um, you know, and it's just those times. But I'm thinking of those verses. You know, there's not that I was going to say anything sinful, not that I was going to say anything foolish. But I think just the act of me trying to chime in on this conversation, perhaps in and of itself, would have been foolish. Um, okay, choleric phlegmatics. No one can be more bullheadedly stubborn than choleric phlegmatics. Uh, repentance or the acknowledgement of a mistake is not easy for them. Anybody identify with that? Repentance or acknowledgement of the mistake of a mistake is not easy for them. Consequently, they try to make up for it. They try to make it up to those who they have wronged without really facing their mistakes. And, and you may not see this. You may not recognize it. If you have a person like this in your family or your life or church or whatever the case may be, they have a hard time coming and saying, man, I was really a jerk and I'm sorry I was wrong, and leaving at that, and not saying, you know, I'm so sorry that I hurt your feelings and said what I said, but you are just so annoying sometimes, and you won't do this, and you, you know, not that, but, it, but to actually come and just say, I'm sorry, I was wrong, I was out of line, uh, that is tough. So what they might do instead, uh, 
they might go the extra mile. The, the, the husband might bring, uh, without ever saying he's sorry, maybe he'll bring some flowers or a gift or try to take you out to eat or the wife may uh, you know, try to do something sweet or nice for her husband. But to actually say, I'm, so they'll try to make it up sometimes, uh, which is admirable, but I do want to uh, challenge you to humble yourself and be willing to admit that you're wrong um, without a but being attached to it. Uh, be, be, be willing to say you're sorry without a but being attached to it. Don't be a but, amen, when you do it all, okay? <laughs> sorry. Um, so they, uh, the, worries, the worrisome phlegmatic traits may so curtail their adventurous tendencies that they never quite measure up to their capabilities. And if you, if you have a phlegmatic side like I do, that's one of the things that probably bothers me as much as anything when I, when I read it time and time again about the phlegmatic temperament is not living up to their potential, ne underachieving, never living up to their potential. Uh, and that is a, uh, a weakness and can be a characteristic of a phlegmatic. Uh, Titus in the Bible, the book of Titus, Titus the man of God, the preacher on the island of Crete, uh, the spiritual son of Paul and leader of a hundred or so churches on the Isle of Crete may well have been a cleric phlegmatic. When filled with the Spirit, he was the kind of man whom Paul could depend on to teach faithfully the Word of God and administrate the churches capably. Uh, the letter Paul wrote to him makes ideal reading for any teacher, particularly a cleric phlegmatic teacher. So those are the blends of the choleric. You ever get discouraged and frustrated? I do. Uh, I don't know, do, do you get more discouraged and frustrated at people or at yourself? Or is it equal? Uh, I know for me it's myself. Uh, again, it depends on the temperament. But the thing with all these men, the thing with any of us, if you're saved, if you're not saved, you know, I mean, get, you need to be saved. That's the main thing. Understand that. We, if you're not saved, you don't have a relationship with Christ. You don't know Christ. So if you're not saved, you need to trust Christ as Savior. But if you are saved, man, just seek the Lord. Spend time with the Lord. Um, get into the Word. Um, you know, love Him. Accept His love for you. Learn to accept His acceptance of you. Uh, some of you have the toughest time just accepting yourself uh, as God made you to be. Uh, man, know that God, just, just be reminded of how crazy God is about you and how much He loves you. Also, be reminded uh, of all that He's done in your life. Because if you get frustrated with yourself, um, like many of us do, you know, just remember, just look back and think, man, but where would I be? had the Lord not saved me. Man, and I can look back and think, wow, that was the type of guy I was then. Uh, and I can just look to God's grace. And it's not giving credit to me. It's just saying, Lord, thank you for keeping me. Thank you for helping me. Thank you. I'm not where I want to be. Will you please take time to do that? Please, take time to do it. Why not? Uh, give God the credit. Give God some glory for what he's done in your life. Um, I'll tell you, one of the when you get into the melancholy, you know, blend, as we'll talk about next week, but one of the tough, one of the most heartbreaking things for me is that one of the weaknesses of a melancholy is they get, they, they, they're not hardly happy unless they're torturing themselves. They're not hardly happy unless they're degrading themselves. They're not hardly happy unless, uh, but it's like, just, just 
look at what God has done for you. Look at what you mean to him and take time to say, thank you, Lord. Now, again, that's tough for some temperaments because we've even talked about this before. When the sanguine blend of whatever sort gets up and says, oh, I want to thank God for what he's done in my life. Man, I thank him. He helped me witness to this many people. He helped me win this person to the Lord. And, man, and honestly, that sanguine's heart is they're really trying to give glory to God. But if you're the person sitting there just like, wow, brag much? They think a lot of themselves, don't they? Uh, you know, but it's like, because there are people that can have that tendency. But just, th th there's something that you could learn from that and say, you know what? You don't have to brag, and you don't have to get up and go to the extent that a sanguine would. But stop and say, you know what? God deserves the glory. Just like in these other Bible verses. It could be a weakness. It can be a weakness not to be thankful. It can be a weakness not to be willing to glorify God. Confess it as the sin that it is. God, I'm sorry that I'm ungrateful. Lord, you know, I've got a tendency toward that, and I just want to pause right now. I don't feel like it. I don't want to do it, but I'm just going to pause right now, and here's what I'm going to do, Lord. I'm going to thank you for what you've done in my life. I'm going to thank you for saving my soul. I want to thank you that even though I'm still a mess, I'd be a whole lot bigger mess if you hadn't done what you've done in my life so far. Amen. So I encourage you on that. Any questions or comments before we close out this morning?